So, as everybody knows, we've been dealing with quarantine and the coronavirus, and I'm not used to spending a lot of alone time, like, by myself, not working. You're very, very social, though. I am. You're, v- you're like, extremely extroverted. And I never thought so until... No, you really are. Yeah. I'm an extrovert who likes her alone time, but right. definitely an extrovert. Right. Yeah. Um. So I did a thing the what other day. You? I downloaded TikTok. Oh, Lord. It has been wonderful. <laughs> <laughs> so I started... <clears throat> I started as, like, a... I'm so bored. Everybody's listening to it. I'll just see what this is. I'll probably delete it anyway. And that lasted for about a day. And then I was sharing to everybody that I could possibly send them to. I know I sent you a couple. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> I got quite a few. Yeah. Um, Not complaining, because they're pretty funny. They're they're freaking hilarious. Then I got to the... Uh, I can start trying some of these dances. No, 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 I can't do that. I can't do that. Well, I can do this part. No, 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 I can't do that. Um, And then I posted a video. You did? I did. It's really stupid, but I mentioned the book club, and I introduced myself as Paige Turner. Do you do a dance? No. (laughs) No. (laughs) Um, But hey, you paid. Hey. I did. And hopefully we'll be reaching a bunch of new people. Through TikTok. Through TikTok. (laughs) Yeah. I don't have TikTok. Don't get it. Okay. You totally should, but I don't mean, get it. I I am a pretty avid scroller of Instagram, so I see a lot of TikTok through Instagram. You, I, I've gotten some of the TikToks through Instagram, but this is, it's like a rabbit hole that really? you just fall down into and oh, you no. can't get out of it. Oh, no. So wonderful. Anything you could possibly want is on there. It's on TikTok. It's on there. It's great. Oh, it's like a, like a candy store. Whatever you want. Oh, I'll take you to the candy shop. Oh, if see? you're on TikTok, you know, you know, you know, girl, girl, <clears throat> there are cops on there. I would love to get pulled over by. Hello, officer. Yes. <laughs> Please handcuff me. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. A running joke with my sister and I. <laughs> Shout out to Mae West. Uh, hello, officer. Hot pants. <laughs> I won't explain that joke, but oh, I don't think it needs it. I don't think it needs it. That's great. (laughs) Oh, that is wonderful. Um, so yeah, hi guys. Hey, we're back. It's your two favorite. It's your girls. Yeah, that. It's your girls. Paige Turner. Not your boys, but your girls. And Hollywood. Yes, we're not boys. No, we're not. No, as far as I know. No. Okay, we're not. No. Okay. In fact, you know, if you listen to some of our past episodes, we're kind of like, dude, suck. Yeah, pretty anti-guys for the most part. Not really, but kind of. We're kind of like, we like them because of certain things, but hmm. they're stupid. Yeah, they are. That's basically how Let's been. not get into our preferences. Yeah. That's a little personal. Um, anyway, so this is part two of... What Crazy Witch Asians? Yeah. <laughs> Already drunk. Already <laughs> we may have pre-gamed a little, so Holly's, a little, Holly's a little. So we're still drinking the same thing we drank last time. Because we still out of work. We still in quarantine, so making the best of it. And I'm still, in case you're worried, because I know you guys are like on the edge of your seats concerned about our lives. Mm-hmm. I'm sure you're not really, but still yes, the bank. Are. Bank is still good. Bank is still good. Uh, mas- massage therapists are still not... 
Massaging. Massaging. No rubbing people. I almost said the name of my workplace. I didn't want to do that. Oh. <laughs> I didn't want to do that for safety reasons. Uh, um, massage therapists are still not a thing. Yeah. At the current moment. So I am. At least you were like, home. I didn't want to say the name of where I work. And I'm like, massage therapists aren't rubbing anyone anymore. <laughs> okay, so you see who's the... <laughs> Not me. And who's not? Not Paige. Not right now. <laughs> not right now. Did I mention we pre-gamed a little? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Oh man. Um. A guest starring today is Kitten. Yeah. If you hear any, if you hear any a meow. Noise, yeah, a meow, which I think he already did earlier, or um, any sort of cat noises, or even me going Kitten boy. That's because Kitten's in the room. Yeah. He's so fluffy. He's so a good sweet. boy. We love him. He's a lot sweeter than my cat, who likes to just delete things from the podcast. <laughs> so, Kitten is also, that's his alias, by the way. That's not his real name. Yeah, I don't know if everybody knows this or not, but... <laughs> In case you didn't know, Paige Turner is and Hollywood not- is not our real names. <laughs> as much as I would love for my name to be Paige Turner, it is not. <laughs> I do go by Hollywood. I really do. But that's not and, my legal name. And I am s- starting to go by Paige Turner. Well, see, we're changing that. That is that is your name. So, But Kitten's name, Kitten's name isn't really Kitten either. But we call him Kitten. That's not his legal name, though. My cat has a nickname, sort of. That's true. Fossa's not really Fossa. No. 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 We don't say real names on the podcast, though. No. To protect our kitties. <laughs> Both literally and figuratively. <laughs> and that was the professional. <laughs> that was amazing. I am amazing. <laughs> Goals right there. <sighs> oh, you heard it here first, guys. <laughs> Protect your kitties. <laughs> Stay inside. Stay six feet away from people. <laughs> Protect your kitty. <laughs> I did not realize I was this drunk. <laughs> oh, we scared the kitten away. Oh, we'll be back. <clears throat> so yeah, we anyway. are still drinking the um, Italian cream sodas. Which the they're really good. Appetite. See, I'm a big fan of sweet. Anything sweet. The sweeter, the better. Honestly. And it's a real sweet, creamy drink. And she threw some raspberries in there. Like some fresh ones. Oh, it's it also, good. It also would have been really good with frozen ones. Yeah. Because that would have been like the ice. and. But yeah, that would have been. Yeah. But fresh is better. Fresh is always better. I love fruit in general. Because it's yeah. sweet. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we're back with part two of Crazy Witch Asians. Yeah. Um, we're not going to do a recap because that took an hour and a half to do right, the first right. time. So, But just if, remember that we did leave off with the Bachelorette and the Bachelor Party. Right. And that just ended. And um, so now we're going to jump back to Astrid. Um, she, as you remember, she had just gotten into a wreck. And mm-hmm. she came to the conclusion that kitten. <laughs> not that kitten. <laughs> not that kitten. Uh, she came to the conclusion that, um, well, she needs to confront Michael. Oh, yeah. Because this is really, really bothering her. So, so uh, he's home, and she does. She straight up is like, look, what the hell's going on? I need to know, you know. 
And um, so his reaction, and I thought so from the very beginning, before I knew anything else, that his reaction was strange. Because he doesn't deny anything that she says, but he immediately is like, yes, I'm moving out. Like, she's like, you're cheating on me? You have, is there, are you cheating on me? Is there another son? Is there another family? What's going on? And he's just like, um. Yes, uh-huh, I'm gone. But he doesn't even, yeah, he never did not, he doesn't even try to defend himself. No, he doesn't fight for anything. He's just like. He's like, yes, everything you're saying is absolutely correct, Astrid. I am leaving now. The fuck? Yeah. Like, not even trying to save anything. Like, yeah, no. Like, no just, fight, just, yeah, yeah, we're over. I'm leaving. Yeah. Like, this marriage means so little to me that I don't even want to pretend to fight for it. Like, yeah. I'm just, oh, you know now so I can leave? We good? We cool? Okay, bye. And Astra's like, what the fuck? Because she was expecting a fight, you know? Yeah, she was... Ex- Obviously. She wanted to fight for her man, and he's just like, well, this is fun. And he's like, not even gonna try. And yeah. I was like, something's not right here. Which, I mean... Yeah. He does want out, but... But still, even even somebody who wants out, you would think they would, like, fight a little bit. Right, at least try to defend themselves a little better than he did. But that's no. because when you find out later... But I already saw this coming. Anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. So, so, so he decides he's moving out. Right. <laughs> and, um, one of these days we're going to start, re- like, video recording this when we... <laughs> <laughs> That's not a good idea. <laughs> <clears throat> so, what you all totally couldn't see is I just took the notes from Holly because I was going to lead a little bit, um, because I, I can read. I promise. I can. And, uh... She, like, scooted closer and was reading over my shoulder, so I just looked at her and stuck my tongue out like a four-year-old. It was very sassy. <laughs> very sassy. Because I am a four-year-old. But. Um, but, yeah. If you, let us know if you want us to start recording little bits and things, and maybe we'll put that up on our Instagram. Maybe. Maybe doing... we'll experiment a little bit. Anyway. <clears throat> so, Rachel finally gets to meet Nick's parents. She's super nervous, because so far, pretty much all of the important people that she's met have hated her. Yeah. And aren't shy about telling her that they've hated her. Right. So she's really nervous about meeting his parents. And it's not just his parents. Yeah, just Nick's parents. It's friends of the family. Francesca is there. Um, it's just a big, bad situation. Right. Not the ideal way to meet your boyfriend's parents. No, it's At a little all. too public. You know so, what I'm saying? Way as, too public. Not as intimate as it needs to be. So, Francesca and Rachel, see, this is why Holly does a lot of the leading of the conversation, because I can't read her this handwriting. This is why I try to take it oh, when you take it away from me. <laughs> so, Francesca and Rachel start making kind of like... Rude innuendo, snide remarks at each other. Yeah. And Rachel's starting to get, a, like, upset with this whole situation, and so she's starting to... Like, push back a little bit. Get a little bit ballsy, but not too much, because she doesn't want to ruin things. Right, but at the same time, she's really sick of how everyone's treating her. Right, because if you remember, she hasn't told Nick any of what's going on. Right. Any of the bachelorette party, if you don't remember, go back and listen to part one. Yeah, please do. And then Francesca and Eleanor start gossiping about Rachel and discover that they both want Rachel gone, and they're going to figure out how to get rid of her. So, wait, okay, so Francesca is the bitch from the bachelorette party. 
Yeah. Yeah, okay. Yeah. So we have a couple of... There's a quite a few people who are trying to undermine Nick and Rachel. Yeah. So, you've so got, let's just let's just recap all so of the people. So you've got Eleanor, the mom. Uh-huh. You've got Francesca, this random bitch. You've, you've got, got Jacqueline and Jacqueline. Mandy. Jacqueline. Well, Jacqueline using Mandy. Jacqueline, whose daughter is Mandy. Yeah. Who's interest, not really interested in Nick, but Ma- Jacqueline, the mom, is like, you need to marry Nick because mm-hmm. money. So, and Eleanor is like, I don't care which one of you bitches does it. But Just somebody better get rid of her. Get rid of Rachel. Yeah. You know? Any one of y'all is better than her. So, y'all better help me out. Hey, kitten. And. Feet kitten over there. Any number of the petty girls from the bachelorette party. Yeah, yeah. So, um, they're all kind of teaming me up and kind of scheming against Rachel. Yeah. So, anyway. And Rachel. That was weird. Rachel has tea with Ama, and... Like, actual tea, not yeah. like drama. <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's a thing, too. She has the tea, she doesn't spill the tea. Right, right. Um, and Ama, so she is very, like, old-school Asian. Yes. But her family was raised in England, and they started having tea and having that tradition. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of grown on her. I don't know why I felt that important to point out, but I mean that's a that's an Asian thing too, though tea. That's yeah, but Asian like culture too. Yeah, but they have like tea ceremonies and things like that. Yeah, not so much like afternoon tea. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. it's it's more like the British afternoon tea with the more tea casual. and cakes and yeah, yeah okay. desserts and that things like sense. that. It's not like an Asian tea ceremony. But Amma said that to- tells Rachel that her father. When Amma was younger, could see a person's future by looking at their face. And he even used that gift to choose Amma's husband. Right. And obviously, it worked out well for Amma. Yes. And Amma says, I see your face, but doesn't elaborate. So how eerie is that? Right? And not like... I see your face. Yeah. it, It wasn't a... I see, I see your pretty face. Like no, it no, was, it was. I see, I your, see face, your face. No other words needed. Yeah, and Rachel is Bitch. like, I don't even know what you're talking about. But she can't say that. Like she doesn't tell anybody. I had no idea Nick was rich. She just like, right. The poor baby bears all of this by herself, and it broke my heart, but also made me very angry because she just needed to tell Nick. Right. <laughs> And Nick is so stupid that he doesn't even see this going on. <sighs> well, he's he's stupid, yes, but he's also very much involved in the wedding preparations and That's true. He does have a lot going on too. And dealing with his family. So he's You're kind right. of preoccupied. You're right. But he should have warned her. He should have known this was gonna happen though, is what right? I'm saying. Like he knows where he comes from. He knows what they're like. Yeah, but maybe because he's only ever brought rich girlfriends around them. That they were accepting of, that he had no idea that they wouldn't be accepting of Rachel. I guess. He's still dumb. I mean, we have determined that we think men are stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Many, many times. (laughs) Yeah. Nick is no exception. Not at all. So, Rachel is now, like, very insecure about everything. Mm Mm-hmm. Right down to the clothes that she has. She doesn't feel like she has anything fancy enough to wear for these people. Because she brought, like... A simple dress and a black and white dress. I imagine something you would get from, like, you know, a department store, you know? Right. Like, 
and she brought like nice but kind of casual clothes thinking that she was meeting normal people right so she's kind of stressing out that she now can't wear her black and white dress to the wedding and so peak lynn decides to buy her basically a whole new outfit uh, a whole new wardrobe yeah pretty much she buys her a couple different dresses and things because apparently the wedding is not just like it's not just the wedding no there's like multiple occasions leading up to the wedding and that are part of the wedding and there are different outfits that you should be wearing for each occasion and each part of the wedding yeah like i thought planning my simple wedding was stressful oh my god I can't imagine. Granted, money was no option for them, and that was a lot of the stress on my end, but still, still can you imagine? There's a lot of coordination you still have to plan, though. <gasps> money aside, it's crazy. still... So Pekin decides... Pekin? Pekin? <laughs> Peek Lynn Pekin. decides to take her shopping and buys her just these gorgeous, again, couture dresses. Yes. Like, top of the line, absolutely beautiful. While they're shopping, they happen to run into Jacqueline and Mandy. Well, no, they don't see them. They just happen to be in the same store. They're in another changing room. I thought they saw each other, like, at the changing rooms. I don't don't know. I I don't think they actually saw each other, but it was just, like, the way she wrote it, just so you can be like, oh, here they are, and oh, here's a little side piece in the Uh other room. Oh, okay. talking. Missed that. Um, But Jacqueline tells Mandy, you need to break that up. I said she. He. We don't know our pronouns around here. We're at the wedding ceremony, and Ama went with Astrid. Nobody, ex- okay, so nobody knows that Amma's going to go. Oh, we're already at the wedding? Yeah. Oh, shit. Okay, so, yeah. um, so, right, because Amma is such a private person, she doesn't even go to major events, like weddings, or, she doesn't really get out. The um, mountain doesn't go to, Mo- wait, Mohammed doesn't go to the mountain, the mountain goes to Mohammed. Right. Like, so, nobody's expecting Amma to be there. Yeah. So whenever she walks in with Astrid, everyone's so, you know, making everyone's so distracted by the fact that Alma is there, and nobody notices that Michael is not there with Astrid. Right. And so that was kind of a very slick ploy on Astrid's part. Like, yeah, and that was done on purpose because whenever they go to sit down, um, you know, Astrid's like, Alma, you know, thank you for doing this for me, and mm-hmm. Alma's like, I understand, you know. I'm here for you, Astrid, because she understands. Alma's in on it. Yeah. She knows that Astrid's trying to hide the fact that Michael's not there. And she's trying to save face because Astrid still thinks she can get Michael to come back. Right, right. And she still, for some reason, what? For some reason, she still loves him. She does. And she, and she wants him back. She does want this to work out, and she's confused as to why he's not trying. Right. As with most weddings, the men are standing up front. Hmm. And. Nick sees Rachel sitting in the crowd, and Nick has a moment that everybody else knew was going to happen. Obviously. But Nick had no flippin' idea because, again, he's stupid. He's dumb as rocks. But anyway, he he has a moment. Sitting there, and he realizes, my God, I want to marry this woman. Yeah. And so they make eye contact, and... He mouths, like, I love you. Yeah, and she's like, I love you. Like that, how cute. And, um. Because we all know Polly doesn't like the romance. Nah, nah. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> um, but when this happens, 
Eleanor notices, and Eleanor's yes. like, oh, no, 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 like, no, that cannot happen, this cannot happen, we need to shut this down, shut this down now. Yes. So, wedding happens, and it's, we could probably spend an hour and a half talking about this wedding. Sure it is to. extravagant, as you can imagine. I mean, the bride is rich. wearing. What do you expect? This is like over the top, right? The bride is wearing this amazing dress designed by. I'm pretty sure they took the designer out of retirement to make they this did. dress. Mm-hmm. Like top of the line, I couldn't even begin to breathe in the vicinity of this dress. <laughs> right? <laughs> they would be like, "I'm sorry, ma'am." You need to stay twelve feet away because you might get it get the corona on it. Like <laughs> you're not rich enough to even see this dress. Right. To even think about it. Don't even think about it. Let's be honest, I would walk up in that store and they would laugh and show me the door. Right. <laughs> you wouldn't I wouldn't even, even get within twelve feet. We wouldn't even get in. No. Um but the wedding is gorgeous. It goes off perfectly without a hitch. Wedding of the century, right? So, afterwards, Nick takes Rachel to this old British fort, um, which was kind of like his childhood hideout. Mm-hmm. And he goes up there, and he's planning on, like, telling Rachel how he feels and all of this and do some romantic mushy crap. And while he's up there, Mandy shows up with her boyfriend. Okay, wait, 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 real quick. So... He, well, he takes her up there, and he says, so I, I had my first kiss up here. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And Rachel's like, oh, how cute. And then I, so while he's up there, he's going to, like, tell her he wants to marry her. Right. Right. But um, Which, by the way, boys, if you're listening, don't tell a girl you want to marry her unless you've got a ring in your pocket. Mm-hmm. And girls, don't say yes unless he's got some sort of ring in his pocket. <laughs> unless because, he shows you a ring. What do you mean? Just in his pocket. Well, you yeah, 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 yeah. The ring. <laughs> yeah. If you, even if it's, it doesn't have to be the most expensive ring ever. No, but if he doesn't. hasn't taken the time or had the forethought to go and get one, then it's he's not serious. Well, he might be serious, but he hasn't put enough thought into it yet. Right. This is kind of a which means it hasn't sunk in. It's just a spur of the moment thing. Right. Which means he might not really be serious. Even though he thinks he is. He might think he's serious, but he might might not be. Right. So, know your worth, ladies. Wait for that ring. Mm -hmm. Just saying. Yes, girl. But while they're up there talking, Mandy shows up with her boyfriend. And she's like, oh, he, he, he. I was going to show him where I had my first kiss. And Rachel's like, the fuck? Oh, you both had your first kiss here. Mm Mm-hmm. Wasn't by chance with each other, was it? <laughs> Granted, yep, not it was. exactly like that, but yeah, yeah. Basically, yes. Yeah. Yes. And so, so that ruins the moment. Romantic moment over. Uh, he did not tell her that he intended to marry her. Nope. Because Mandy. Mandy showed up and ruined it. Yeah. All right. So um, next is they ha- they're going to have the after party and um. When, when does she tell Nick all this that's happened? Is that later? Yeah, not until after all the wedding stuff. Oh, okay. I felt like it was before something. Okay, so they go to have the after party, and um, turns out it's on this this island. So um, all, all the guests get on this ferry, and when they're on the ferry, Astrid happens to run into Charlie, 
who is her ex-fiance before before Michael, obviously. Yeah. And I know we didn't mention this before, but she woke up with him by throwing a milkshake in, or a frosty. Yeah. A frosty in his face. Like, yeah. yes, queen. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because while she is still super rich and in her couture clothes, she was she- getting a frosty. <laughs> Right? <laughs> yes, girl. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, so but she runs into Charlie and um they kinda catch up a little bit and um because they're on friendly terms now. You know, it's been years since you know, they broke up. And he's married, she's married, they both have kids, you know, so they're they're friendly. Right. And um so then they get to that island and the island is Super extravagant. And again, we could probably go on another hour and a half explaining the details of this after-party island extravaganza. We could, but let's be honest, I'd never heard of most of this stuff. Right. <laughs> Even I was reading and detail. I was like, yeah, okay. Sounds expensive. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, so uh, Charlie and Astrid, are, um, they're still uh, kind of talking a little bit. They're still catching up. And... Charlie happens to tell Astrid that he and his wife are separated. They're not divorced or anything, but they're not living together. And so then Astrid feels comfortable enough to tell Charlie, the first person she tells about this, aside from by the way, aside from Mama, is that, um, you know, Michael is having an affair and wants to leave her. And, um, and she, you know, tells him the whole thing about how he's in, like, um, Hong Kong or whatever. Mm-hmm. And Charlie's like, um, you know, um, I could take you to confront Michael right now. Kitten. Kitten. And. Well, okay, so Charlie's first reaction is, who the fuck would be dumb enough to leave you? Right. To have an affair and leave you. Right. First of all. Second of all, let's go confront this asshole. And, like, right fucking now. Let's ditch this party mm-hmm. and let's go. Let's go. Because literally, his no ass. one will notice. Right. We stay long enough. Let's go. And Asher's like, "Well, hell yeah!" And you know, they leave. And um, meanwhile, though, um, Francesca and Mandy, Rachel is sitting at a table with a couple of girls, and Francesca and Mandy are talking to her, and they happen to both tell her that they both have dated Nick in the past. And not only that, but they have had a threesome with him. Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah, which totally just throws Rachel off because she did not know. First of all, she didn't know that Nick even dated either of them until this point. And but the fact, you know, and then they throw the whole threesome in her face and she's like, okay. I can't even begin to imagine how she felt. Yeah. And granted, you don't necessarily have to go disclosing every nitty-gritty little detail of your past no, life. but he could have at least been like, by the way, I did date her. Well, I dated her. by the way, you're going to meet some girls that I dated. Yes. He, but, but he, he would not have been a threesome at all. <laughs> right. He didn't even have to say that part. He just, just, you know, I've had a past with a couple of these people. Right. You should know that. I mean, That way she's not blindsided by it completely. But again, he's stupid. What, kitten? What, baby? What's the matter, boy? Why are you yelling at her? Oh, that's him yelling? He's yelling. Come here. Oh, that would be Foster just talking to me. He's complaining. 
Faster yelling would be like, <laughs> He's fussing. Did what you hear that? What are you fussing about? Did you hear that? I don't know what I just said, but <laughs> you apparently it wasn't him. very nice. You offended him. <laughs> he's like, oh, he's scared. leaving. <laughs> you offended him. <laughs> he said, well, fuck you too, bitch. Fuck you, bitch. I'm out. <laughs> I think he wants out. So, um, back at home, um, Rachel tells Nick everything. because She's just had enough. She tells him about that she's learned about the threesome, the fish thing, everything. And um, and she's she's mad that he didn't prepare for her for all this. And um, Nick feels terrible. And he's like, I'm sorry. I really didn't expect all this to happen to you. I had no idea. And he's like, let me make this up to you. And yes, I did have a threesome with him, but it meant nothing. And we were young and we were stupid and I don't care about them anymore. Right. I mean, yeah, he has a past. It's like in his late 20s. I mean, well, he was... A young child and eighty one, no, eighty eighty six because it was the year before I was born. Okay, but I don't know what year it is now. It's at least the two thousand somethings because this book isn't that old. So yeah, he's like in his late twenties. Late twenties, yeah. Right. So I mean, 20s. obviously, you know, he's had a past before. He's been with other women. Yeah. Right. Okay, that's obvious. But uh, he just didn't expect everyone to be so mean to Rachel. And he had no idea that all this was going on, so he feels terrible, and he's like, let me make this up to you. How about we get away from all of this, all of everybody, I'm going to take you on a on a, a trip. We're going to take a little road trip, okay? We're going to go out to um, my family's, they have like a little vacation home somewhere yeah. or something. He's like, we're going to drive out there, just us, it'll be great. And she agrees to do that. And um, so Nick tells his mom that he's planning on bringing Rachel um, on this trip, but he's telling her because he wants her to know that he's going to propose to her on this trip. And um, <laughs> Eleanor's like, you can't do that. Like, are you fucking crazy? Yeah. You're not going to propose her. You can't, you can't marry her. No, not at all. And Nick's like, what the hell, mom? Like, no, I love her. I'm going to marry her. And, get used to it. Yeah. And um, so Nick takes Rachel on this little trip, and it's, like, really romantic, and they go to the summer lodge, and he has this all planned out how he's going to propose. It's going to be beautiful, and they get to the lodge, and Eleanor and Ama are there. Yeah. They have ambushed them. Yeah. Ruined their romantic getaway. Yeah. Ruined the whole proposal. Yeah. And says, you cannot marry her. And Rachel had no idea who was going to propose. And so yeah. she's like, oh, he was going to what now? <laughs> Who, what, where, where, why, how, what? He was going to do what? <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, and Nick's like, well, so much for that being a surprise. Thanks for ruining that. And they're like, no, 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 you're not marrying her at all. Because um, we found out something from our PI that you need to know. And Nick is like, what PI? Yeah. What are you talking about? Mm -hmm. And um, so... They find out, they're like, um, well, Rachel's real family is, her father, her father is alive. So something we didn't talk about before, and I didn't think about it until it was too late. Uh, Rachel was raised by a single mom. Right. And she and her mom are extremely close. But she's always thought that her father died when she was a baby, and then she and her mom moved to the, right. to the U.S. Right. 
So that's what she's been telling everybody. Well, as we just said, her father is actually alive. And not only is he alive, but he's in prison. And her mother supposedly kidnapped her and ran away to America and changed their names. Yeah. So not only is Rachel upset about all that's happened on the trip so far, Mm -hmm. upset that her romantic getaway that was supposed to fix everything got ambushed by Eleanor and Amma, but now she's finding out that, A, Michael was going to propose to her, and she had no idea they were at that point in a relationship yet. But also that her freaking father is alive. Mm-hmm. Her name is not really Rachel Chu. And that her mother kidnapped her. Yep. Her entire world just got flipped upside down. Yeah. Whole thing. Whole thing. And um, so while Rachel's whole world is being rocked, freaks out. And then... Yeah, Rachel freaks out. She passes out. Like, she dead faints. Mm-hmm. Nick takes her, and, like, they leave. Her mind is blown, and she just wants to get out of there. Yeah. She's tired of all this. And so, and Nick's like, you know what? I'm, I'm furious with both of you right now. I can't believe you just did that to Rachel. We're out of here. Yeah. And then so he takes Rachel out, and Rachel's like, look, I can't even be near you right now. I need to be alone right now, please. Take me to Peaklands. Yeah. And so leave me there. Right. So he, she goes to Peak Lynn's house, and she stops talking to Nick. She doesn't want to see him. She's not texting him anything. She basically goes to bed for days. Days, yeah. She just kind of holds herself up in her in the guest room at Peak Lynn's house. Right. And Nick even comes to try to see her and everything, and they just have to turn him away because yeah. she will not see anybody. Yeah. She's, she's devastated. She's not eating. She's not anything. So, I mean, her... World, her entire world, everything she knows about who she is is not, you know, her her entire it's identity. Not what she thought. Her entire identity is just rearranged, and right. she's just having a crisis. Right. So, so while she's having this crisis, we're gonna cut back to Astrid, and she left with Charlie, and he whisked her away to his place, and I thought it was so cute that his nurse made from when he was little, is still taking care of him. Yeah. Like, the most precious thing ever. And she loved Astrid. Like... She was real sweet. (laughs) Yeah. She absolutely loves Astrid. So when he brings Astrid home, she's like, Astrid, my baby, come here. (laughs) And Charlie's like, nobody is to know that she's here. This is top secret. You don't tell anybody. And... It was so sweet. He gave Astrid his bed, and then he went and slept in his daughter's bed. Aww. He's so sweet. He's such a good guy. He is a good guy. I really hope something happens to them in the next book. I know. Oh. Not that I'm hoping that he has to divorce his wife, but oh my gosh, she and Astrid are so cute. I know, and he really cares about her. He does. Like, really does. And really, the crap that they fought over before that they broke up, it was outside pressure, and they were young, and... Right. I mean, their families, ugh. Things are different now. They could totally be a thing, you know? It's so precious. But that's, you know. That's besides the point. That's speculating. (laughs) Anyway. So, um, they, they find, uh, well, I guess, um, 
he has another PI or something. Yeah, he has people that work for him that... Right, and they basically track down Michael, and he's in this flat, this very unassuming flat. Yeah. You know, nothing too fancy or anything. And um, so they go there, and, and Astrid confronts him. And he's like, she's like, what are you doing here? Who, what's going on? And do you live here with your, <laughs> your mistress <laughs> and and your son and your son? Yeah. And Michael's just like, damn it, Ashton, I can't take this anymore. No, there's no mistress. No, there's no son. I just can't stand your fucking family. <laughs> well, and it's his cousin. Yeah, the woman that he's staying with and that he set up this whole, he made it look like he was having an affair just so he can have an excuse to leave. Right. And well, so that Astrid wouldn't get like. I think so it that would make Astrid him, would let him leave. Right, but it would make him look bad and not Astrid. Right. He was trying to give her an out and it not just be, I can't stand your family. Right. It was, oh, he cheated on me, so he's out the door kind of right. thing. Right. But. That's not really what happened. Really, he just staged this, and it was really his cousin that he was staying with. And her son. And her, yeah, his nephew. Yeah. So. Hence any sort of family resemblance, because they are family. Yeah, I mean, this just kind of shows you even more the pressure that that family has on outsiders. Oh, yeah. Because they've been married for years, and even still, he can't take the pressure of it. And he has a successful, like, Computer startup company, like, computer development. I keep forgetting that smart word. Computer yeah. development company that's, f- like, grossing. Like, it's it's making money, and it, he still, it's still not enough. doesn't feel like enough. It's not enough. And as well, he, he does care for Astrid enough to, you know, make her look good. And he can't him look like anymore. the bad guy in the end of this marriage. But he... He just can't. He just can't be a part of her. He doesn't want to be anymore. He can't do it. He can't stand the snooty remarks and the fancy dinners and everybody asking him to fix all of their software problems. And he knows very good and well how much money she spends on her clothes. Yeah. Like, he's not stupid. He knows that she spends more than he could possibly make in clothes. Right. And... It's kind of been that way from the beginning. Instead of living in one of her properties that she owns, one of her homes, he was like, no, I want to do a house that I can afford. And her dad was like, no, you're not going to live in some tiny little hovel. Yeah. And so they agreed to split the down, I think the down payment 50-50. But, like, even from the very beginning of their marriage, it was, I can't support you to the way you want to be supported. And I don't think it ever meant anything to Astrid. But, again, because he's a man, it meant a lot to him. Right. And that's what he couldn't handle. Right. And, you know, she thought, she's totally blindsided by all this because she really thought their marriage was going going well. Yeah, she had no idea he felt this way. Right. This is why, ladies and gentlemen, communication is key. It is very much key. Yeah. Very much so. So anyway, she realizes there's not much else she can do here. So she, you know, she gives him space. She lets him go. And she's confiding in Charlie about all this. And and Charlie's like, well, do you love him? 
And she's like, well, yes, I do. Right. And he's like, well, the best advice I can give you is just let him have his space. And, you know, he's a guy. He's going to leave and then eventually realize he made a mistake for leaving an amazing woman like you. And yep. he's going to come back. And so, it may or may not be too late. Right. Exactly. But he said the best thing, if you love him, the best thing you can do is let him go at this point. Just yeah. let him go. And Ash is like, you really think he'll come back? And it's like, well, you know. There's only one way to find out. Yeah. And, uh, Are we so, going to talk about which Harley does? Yes, 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 yes. Please, can we? Oh, my, oh my gosh, God. They yes. didn't put this in the movie, but I, like, it, I felt like it was so important because it was, like, He's amazing. He's such a good guy. So, Astrid leaves, and Charlie, like... Charlie gets it. Like, Charlie totally understands where Michael's coming from. Mm-hmm. Like, he knows the world that Astrid's from. And he also knows the world of, like, working for your money. And he's like, I have one of two choices. I can watch this marriage crumble. Or I can try to help and see the woman that I love. Be with the man loved. that she loves. Yeah. See her happy. Yeah. And so he buys out part of... He, like, calls, like, his... I don't know, his stockbroker or whoever, his yeah. oh, money that's person. Right. And he's like, put like like an absurd amount of money on his company. Yeah. To make the stocks get higher and make the company more money. Yeah. And instantly, the business is doing like, incredible. Yeah. <sighs> this is why I want them to end up together because he's so I great. Know, he's so he's sweet. Like, uh, he just wants her to be happy, and it's like, oh, he's so good. That was so perfect. This is totally random, but the way your fan is moving, it doesn't look like the blades are attached to the oh, motor. Well, I mean, they definitely are. I mean, they have to be, but you can't see it. No, you really can't. Neat. Whoa. <laughs> oh. That was fun. <laughs> I just took a trip. <laughs> <laughs> watching the fan. Rachel is at Peakland's house. Right. So she's been there a few days and um, she's starting to um, get better and come to her senses a little bit. She's coming over the shock and she s- decides that she wants to go and see her father. Yeah. She wants to find out like once and for all what's going on. And Peakland is like, you know, maybe that's not such a good idea. Yeah. I mean, he is in prison. Yeah. Might not want to just go see meet your dad for the first time. Walking into me and like, sup pops, it's me, your long lost daughter. Yeah. I don't know my name because mom changed it. It might not be the best idea. And, um, and wasn't he in prison for murder or something? I, I don't remember what it was for. It was a pretty big deal. Yeah. Like, it's bad, bad. Oh, but she does call her mom. And yeah. like, no, she did. She did for a little while. She called her mom and was like, mom, oh, what yeah. the fuck? She's like, what is my name? And her do- mom's like, well, let me explain. No, you don't understand what's going on. And she doesn't really give her mom a chance to explain herself and just kind of, like, goes off on her and hangs up. Right. And I can't believe everything was a lie. Yeah, how dare you just, like, lie to me like this and not even tell me my real name and everything. But, um, so Peaklin is still going to be supportive. And she's like, okay, I'll take you to see your father. You know, I don't think it's a good idea. I'll take you. And um, so they go to leave. And uh, right as they go and get in the car to go to the airport, um, another car pulls up and stops them. And it's Nick. 
And she's like, what the hell does he want? And he knows I don't want to talk to him right now. Right. Oh, but she did break up with him. Yeah, she broke up with him. Yeah. And, like, he's come every day for a while. Yeah. And. But she's made it clear she doesn't want to see him anymore because she, while she loves him, she just can't do this. Yeah. You know. She can't handle his family. Yeah. So, but he loves her. So he's still coming to see her, trying really hard. Yeah. And, um, so Nick's, Nick is there and she's like, what the hell does he want? And he's like, hold on, hold on. And the next person to come out of the vehicle is her mother. So Nick really brought her mother from America to, to uh, Singapore, Singapore. And like, it was like, you two need to talk. Yeah. Like, even if you and I are never okay again. You two need to talk and yeah. fix this. This needs to happen. Yeah. So she she talks to her mom, and her mom's like, you cannot go see him. You cannot. And she tells her her story. Um, so basically, her, when her mother was really young, um, she married this, this guy, this wealthy guy. And um, at first... He was young and good-looking and rich. Yeah. And I mean, everything she could have wanted, right? Right. And, she um, was from a young, uh, like a poor family. Yeah. So she ends up marrying this guy, and everything's okay at first. But then he starts to get violent with her, and um, it gets to the point where he he abuses her really bad. So they live in this. They live with his parents. Yeah, at first. And his mother is abusive to her as well. Yes. Basically treats her like a slave. Yeah. And then um, at one point they move out because. Their neighbor ends up being a childhood friend of hers. Yeah, but I didn't think he was a childhood friend. Well, they know each other. I thought they knew each other from being neighbors. Okay, hang on. Do you mind if I do this part? Okay, so her mom her mom comes out and she's like, get out of my way. I'm going to see my father. Because of you, I haven't known my father for, I think, it's like 29 years or something like that. Yeah, Rachel says, because of you, I've had to wait 29 years to meet my father. I'm not waiting another second. Her mother is like... I know you don't want to see me, but do not go and see that man that's in prison. He's not your father. And Rachel is like, I'm freaking done. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I can't handle this. What the fuck? What's the truth? She's like, I'm not listening to you anymore. I'm tired of all of the lies. I'm tired of hearing all of this. I know I've been kidnapped. I've already been in contact. I've had lawyers in contact with my father. I'm going to see him. And her mom was like, please don't go. Um, And she says again, your father is not the man that is in prison. Your father is someone else, someone I truly loved. And I'm actually going to read this part because it's such a beautiful story. And I don't think it'll do us justice to kind of try to paraphrase it. Plus we have plenty of time because we're almost done. And yeah. Um, So her mother met this young, attractive, rich guy who was the son of a not a construction I mean he is a construction worker but like the head guy. What is what am I developer? Architect architect. Okay. <laughs> oh good lord. I didn't know where you go with that so I was like okay. I had to get there. The brain doesn't do the things. She was young and she met him and decided to marry him. So she she literally ran away to marry him. It says then a few months later when the construction project was finished and Fang Min was headed back to Zimen, I think is how you say it. We made plans for me to run away with him. That's why I never finished my studies. I ran away to Zimen 
and we quickly got married. My parents were devastated, but I thought all my dreams had come true. Here I was, living in a big house with his rich and important parents, getting to ride the big Nissan sedan that had white curtains in the back windows. See, Rachel, you are not the only one who has experience dating a rich boy. But my dream quickly turned sour. I soon found out how awful his family was. His mother was one of the extremely traditional women, and she was a northerner. From Henan? Sorry, I probably should have looked these up before I started reading. I think that's how you say that. Um, so she was very snobbish, and she never let me forget that I was just a village girl who got very, very lucky because of my looks. At the same time, I was expected to perform a million and one daughter-in-law duties, like preparing tea for her every morning, reading the newspapers to her, and rubbing her shoulders and feet after dinner every night. Sidebar, ew. Don't yeah. nobody want to go touching a bunch of other people's feet. Like, that's gross. I am a massage therapist, so I can't say anything. Yeah, but did you ever want to be like, ooh, I want to rub people's feet? Well, no. And I do get paid to do it, so yeah. I guess that's different. It's a little bit different. <laughs> um... I had gone from being a serv Nope. I had gone from being a student to being a servant. Then the pressure started for me to get pregnant, but I was having trouble conceiving. So it made my mother in law very upset. She wanted a grandchild desperately. What was what use was a daughter in law if you didn't have a grandchild? Bangman's parents became very displeased that I wasn't getting pregnant and we started having big fights. I don't know how I managed it, but I convinced Fang Min to move us to our own apartment. And that's when things turned into a living nightmare. Without his parents under the same roof to check on him, my husband suddenly lost interest in me. He went out drinking and gambling every night and started seeing other women. It was as if we were still single. Nope. It was as if he were still single. And sometimes... Nope. Wow, I can't read. It was as if he were still single, and he would come home late at night completely drunk, and sometimes he wanted to have sex, but other times he just wanted to beat me up. It excited him. Then he would bring home other women to have sex in our bed, and he forced me to be with them. It was terrible. Other side note. Not only has she now learned that her boyfriend had a threesome, but now that her mother had a threesome. Okay, but her mother was forced. That's her different. mother was forced. It was different, but still. I wonder what Rachel's into. Right. <laughs> Damn. <laughs> um, sorry, I know that was awful, but it's very heavy and I had to lighten it up somehow. You need a little comic relief there. A little bit. Um, Rachel shook her head in dismay, making eye contact with her mother for the first time. I don't understand how you put up with that. And then she says, her mother says, I was only 18. I was so naive and afraid of my worldly husband. And most of all, I was too humiliated to tell my parents what a mistake I'd made. After all, I had run away and abandoned them in order to marry this rich boy. So I thought, nope. So I had to make the best of it. Now, right underneath our apartment lived this family with one son. His name was K.O.E. And he was a younger, nope. Wow. I can't read. His name was K.O. W.E.I. Way? Way. His name was K.O. Way, and he was a year younger than me. My bedroom happened to be right over his, so he could hear everything that happened every night. One night, Fang Min came home in a rage. I'm not sure what made him so angry on that night. Maybe he lost some money gambling. Maybe one of his girlfriends got mad at him. Anyway, he decided to take it out on me. He began to break all the furniture in the apartment, and when he broke a chair and started coming after me with a jagged chair leg, 
I fled the apartment. I was so afraid that in his drunken rage, he would accidentally kill me. Heyo Wei heard me leaving, so as I ran down the stairs, he opened the door and pulled me into his flat, while Fang Min ran outside of the building and began screaming in the streets. That's how I met Heyo Wei. For the next few months, Heyo Wei would comfort me after every bad fight and even help me devise tactics to avoid my husband. I would buy sleeping pills, crush them up, and put them in his wine so that he would fall asleep before he could get violent. I would invite his friends over for dinner and make them stay as late as possible until he passed out drunk. KOA even put a stronger lock on the toilet door so it would be harder for Fang Min to break through. Slowly but surely, KOA and I fell in love. He was my only friend in the building, in the whole city actually. And yes, we started to have an affair. But then one day we were almost caught and I forced myself to end it, for KOA's sake, because I feared Fang Min would kill him if he ever found out. A few weeks later, I realized I was pregnant with you, and I knew KOA was the father. Wait a minute. How did you know for sure he was the father, Rachel asked. Trust me, Rachel, I just know. But how? This was back before DNA testing. And I like how that's like... <laughs> Her first <laughs> reaction to... <laughs> like, how did you know? <laughs> okay, so maybe she doesn't take <laughs> Maybe she doesn't have that adventurous of a sex life. I guess not. <laughs> if she, if she, if she doesn't that, even, like... If she's that innocent, then, um... Yeah. So, her mom's name is Carrie. Carrie shifted her chair awkwardly, searching for the right words to explain. One of the reasons I had such a hard time getting pregnant was because Feng Min had particular habits, Rachel. Because of his drinking, he had problems get... Nope. Because of his drinking, he had trouble getting erect. And when he was excited, he only liked to have a certain type of sex. And I knew I could not get pregnant that way. Oh. Oh, Rachel said, turning crimson when she realized what her mother meant. Anyway, you look so much like Heiwe that there is no mistaking that he is your father. Heiwe had beautiful, angular features like you do. And you have his refined lips, which is a very weird thing to say. Like, what the heck makes refined lips? I don't know. So if you were in love with KOA, why didn't you just divorce Fang Min and marry KOA? Why did you have to resort to kidnapping? Rachel was leaning forward now with her chin in her hands, completely transfixed by her mother's harrowing tale. Let me finish the story, Rachel, and then you will understand. So here I was, 18 years old, married to this violent drunkard, and pregnant with another man's child. I was so frightened that Fang Min would somehow realize the baby wasn't his, and he would kill KOA and me. So I tried to hide my pregnancy for as long as possible. But my old-fashioned mother-in-law recognized all the telltale signs, and it was she who declared to me a few weeks later that she thought I looked pregnant. At first, I was terrified. But you know what? The most unexpected thing happened. My in-laws were overjoyed that at last they were having their first grandchild. My evil mother-in-law suddenly transformed into being the most caring person you could possibly imagine. She insisted that I move back into the big house so that the, ser- so that the servants could look after me properly. I felt so relieved, like I had been rescued from hell. Even though I didn't really need to, she forced me to stay in bed most of the time and made me drink these traditional bu- brews uh, all day long to boost the health of the baby. So I had to take three types of ginseng every day and eat young chicken in broth. That sounds gross. I mean, I get it, but that's a weird way to say it. Uh... I'm convinced this is why you were such a healthy baby, Rachel. You never got sick like other babies. No ear infections, no high fevers, nothing. 
At that time, there wasn't a sonogram machine in Zion. Nope, in Zion. At that time, there wasn't a sonogram machine in Zion yet. So my mother-in-law invited a famous fortune teller over who divined? Divine? Divine. Is it divined? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess it would be divined. That I was going to have a boy, and that the boy was going to grow up to become a politician. This made my in-laws even more excited. They hired a special nursemaid to take care of me, a girl who had natural double eyelids and big eyes, because my mother-in-law believed that if I stared at this girl all day, my child would come out with double eyelids and big eyes. That's what all the mothers in China wanted then. Children with big, western-style eyes. They painted a room bright blue and filled it up with the baby furniture and all the boy clothes and toys. There were airplanes and train sets and toy soldiers. I had never even seen so many toys in all my life. One night, my water broke and I went into labor. They rushed me to the hospital and you were born a few hours later. It was an easy labor. I've always told you that. And at first, I was worried that they would see that you looked nothing like their son. But that turned out to be the least of my worries. You were a girl, and my in-laws were extremely shocked. They were outraged at the fortune teller, but they were more outraged at me. I had failed them. I had failed to do my duty. Fang Min was also terribly upset, and if I hadn't been living with my in-laws, I'm sure you would have beaten me half to death. Now, because of China's one-child policy, all couples were banned from having a second child. I could not have another, but my in-laws were desperate for a boy a male heir who could carry on the family name. If we had lived in the countryside, they may have just abandoned or drowned the baby girl. Uh, don't look so shocked, Rachel. It happened all the time. But we were living in Simon, and the Zaus were an important local family. People already knew that a baby girl had been born, and it would have been disgraceful for them to reject you. However, there was one loophole to the one-child rule. If your baby had a handicap, you were allowed to have another child. I didn't know this. But even before I had come home from the hospital, my evil in-laws were already hatching a plan. My mother-in-law decided that the best thing to do was to pour acid in your eye. What? Shrieked Rachel. Carrie swallowed before continuing. Yes, they wanted to blind you in one eye. And if they did this while you were a newborn, the cause of the blinding could look like it was just a birth defect. So that's pretty much all I'm going to read out loud because I'm about to start crying. Um, so that's the story. Young infatuation, mm-hmm. terrible men, one good guy, terrible in-laws. Right. So she and takes, a precious baby. So she, she takes Rachel and flees to America to save her from yeah. the horrible in-laws and changes their name and doesn't look back. Yeah. And, and so, yes, technically she kidnapped Rachel. But, but it was for good reason. Yeah. It was to save Rachel. To protect her. Yeah. And, of course, Rachel is like, why didn't you ever tell me this? And her mother's like, how can I tell you? Yeah, how, how was I supposed to tell you about <laughs> when this is the appropriate past? When is the appropriate time to tell your daughter that her in-laws tried to blind her with acid? Right. Exactly. Or not her in-laws, her, her grandparents tried to blind her with acid. So, um... So Rachel forgives her mom for, you know, all this. And, um... Obviously doesn't go see the guy in right. jail. And, um... The not the father. So, and so, um... Kay is actually how she got out. Um, and he never knew that Rachel was his child. Yeah. Like, she never wanted to put that on him. Right. And then she lost touch with him and was too scared to try to find him again. 
And then her husband's parents tortured her parents trying to find her. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, the um, Fang Min and his family used their influence to destroy her parents' career. It destroyed her father's faith. Um, and she, like, she couldn't see him. She had no idea what was going on. Obviously. Yeah. And then she never tried to find KOA. Right, because she's scared that it would be too dangerous. Yeah. he would. She was scared that somebody would find out, and she and or Rachel would end up dead. Mother and daughter are reconciling and crying and getting all the feels out. And Nick is out with Eaglin, mm-hmm. and they go and have a drink. Yeah. A Singapore sling. They go and get a Singapore sling. Yep. And um, Rachel, um, you know, realizes that Nick went through all this trouble. You know, he brought her mother here for her. Yeah. Like, even though they broke up, he's still trying to look out for her and and um, do his best for her because he does care. And she realizes that. And And I also think part of what her mother's story did was point out that yes you can have the facts and you can have one side of the story but that's never the whole story yeah so she decides to basically and this is where the book kind of ends and like that open ended because like she forgives Nick and then you just kind of they're friendly they don't necessarily get back together I mean I don't know if they say they do or not but it's not saying that they're going to get married or anything. Right. It's just, <laughs> I don't even know. Yeah, I don't think they are back together. They just go out and they get a Singapore sling. And they, they talk. And they're tourists in this place. And, and, and that's it. Yeah. But in the end of the movie, don't they, like, get back together? I don't remember. I watched the movie so much longer ago than Yeah, so than I don't this. I don't know. It's just a weird ending to me. It's too. It's really open ended, but I guess I don't think because it is a perfect. But I guess because there is a second book, that that's yeah. why. So. Um, now, so do you want to talk about the end of the movie? The end of the movie, I guess, yeah, it's so, different. So the end of the movie focuses more on less on Rachel's past and more on Rachel, um, basically fighting with Eleanor. Yeah. So, they go to a mahjong parlor. Yeah. And they sit down, and Rachel basically challenges Eleanor to a mahjong game. Mm-hmm. Rachel learn, or Rachel uses all of what she's learned to best Eleanor. And she is being, not necessarily, like, sneaky, but she's subtle mm-hmm. and authoritative, almost. And then... All of a sudden, granted, I don't understand Mahjong. I don't know how the game is played. I don't either, but the movie... Like, because of the music and everything, you kind of get what's going on. Yeah. Rachel takes all of the tiles in front of her and lays them down, and it's very obvious that she just won. And she just used pretty much everything she learned from Eleanor against her. Mm -hmm. And She was basically telling her that, yeah, I can marry Nick anyway... But then later on down the line, he may start to resent me for right. making him choose me over you. Or I could let him go and he resents you for the rest of his life. Yeah, pretty much. So 
she broke up with him and was like telling her, you know, well, you may get your way and him not marry me, but at the end of the day, I win. Because, right, because he's going to hate you. Yeah. Yep. I love it. I love it. Such a power move. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. But then at the end of the movie, they, you know, Eleanor's like, she gets put in her place and she's like, okay, I see. Well, just like and most then, bullies, like, once you stand up to them and say that you're not going to be bullied, they tend to back down. Yeah. Well, so I've heard. I've never had the balls to stand up to one. Well. <laughs> right? <laughs> but, um, so Eleanor does back down, and then, so Nick and Rachel end up together, and, like, the end. Yeah. So it's more definitive that Nick and Rachel are together in the end in the movie than it is in the book. Oh, yeah. So, that's... The weird. You know, there's always a difference between the movie and the book. Yeah. And usually the movie's better, but sometimes, I mean, usually the book is better. Woo, can't believe I just said that. <laughs> usually the book is better, but sometimes the movie can put things together a little better. Right. Than the book can, but. And sometimes, like, it would be hard to have seen that visual power play in the book. Right. But movie. I do really like like hearing the story and what happened and Yeah, that was all important too, but I just felt like the ending of the book could have been a little more definitive like the movie was. Right. But with the movie they may not have been planning on making the second one. So they had to give it Wrap a that dramatic, story up. Yeah. yeah. I guess that's true. So yeah, that anyway. was Crazy Witch Asians. Um let us know what you think. Please tell your friends, tell your enemies. Tell, you know, your family, because since everybody's stuck inside and can't go socialize, tell them to come listen to us. We want friends. We like friends. Anything else, Holly? Uh, no. <laughs> Stay safe out there, guys. Drink all of the alcohol. Kill the coronavirus from the inside out. Yep. I'm not sure that's actually how that works, but we might as well try, right? Uh, yeah, it's worth a shot. <laughs> <laughs> or five. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, on that note, you guys have a good time. Happy reading, guys. Happy reading. Bye. Bye. Good time. What the fuck? This episode was hosted and produced by Hollywood and Paige Turner. Um, yeah. That's us. Thanks, okay. guys.